0: Locked on Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello and welcome to the Locked on Flyers podcast for Wednesday, February 9th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is excited for a Flyers game tonight.
0: A real game.
1: Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news, our episodes, all that good stuff. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at R. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk about the game tonight against the Red Wings. And we've brought in a special guest, Kevin Allen of Detroit Hockey Today to get us up to speed on what's going on with the Red Wings. And we'll catch up on some of the Flyers news from yesterday and some interesting announcements. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right. So before we get into some of the personnel stuff, it was interesting. My mom, who is a season ticket holder, got the email Mm -hmm. from Dave Scott saying, hey, we're not going to raise ticket prices next year for most people. So everybody in the upper and lower bowl who's not in suites or anything like that, your prices are going to stay the same and we're going to bring back some extra perks for you.
0: Yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, for value, to add value and not raise the price is a is a good, fair thing to do with the fan base.
1: I think so, too. I think this is just one of those times, especially given everything with the last couple of years and people haven't felt comfortable going to some degree. And then, you know, right. fans came back to, to some degree, but to an inferior product, let's say. And so I think if they had raised prices, there would have been a a mutiny.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think they'd have lost some people. No, no question. All
1: right. And the next thing that came up, and this is something that had been hinted at for a little while now, but they made it official that Danny Breer is now part of the hockey ops department as a special assistant to the GM.
0: Yeah. The vagueness makes me uneasy of that title. Um. It kind of reminds me of Dwight Schrute and I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just, but you know, there were
1: memes, there were definitely Dwight Schrute memes.
0: Yeah. And so we don't know, right? They do need someone to, to watch out for Lehigh a lot more than what's being done now. Is he going to do that? I don't know. Is he going to do some pro player personnel stuff? I don't know. Is he going to do some on ice stuff? I don't know. He may do all of it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it was vague. They they just said, quote, he will be involved in all aspects of the club's hockey operations, including scouting and player development, which is uh, very vague, right? Yes. So I think that you're right, that hopefully it you know takes shape in terms of him doing a lot of work with the Phantoms. I think they need it. But I I also hope that maybe it's just, you know, codifying what's already in place and that they'll promote him for Uh next season based on really whatever he wants to do. Because there was some talk when the Montreal job was open that he might be a good candidate there or he might take even a different role there. And they Uh must have made some sort of promise to him in order to, you know, not pursue that.
0: Yeah, I, I I would agree.
1: I, I just think that there is a path for him and he's probably made some specific demands in terms of what that path is, at least what he knows now. And this will give him a, a little bit more time to get his fingers into all the other aspects of the team that maybe he isn't at the moment if it's now a full-time role for him. And then he can, you know, choose his path.
0: Yeah, I just, again... In order to sell that to the fans, other than, hey, it's Danny Breer, which is great, um, it's just too vague, and we're all going to just be guessing.
1: Again, I do think he'll start to be more visible, and hopefully we'll see him in Lehigh Valley a lot more often as the rest of the season plays out. Yep. Turning our attention to the roster as it currently stands, uh, Derek Broussard is back, so that's a thing. <laughs>
0: That's a thing, and, of course, what happens with that is he now takes playing time away from younger players. But I guess, you know, we're in showcase mode now.
1: Right. I mean, he could be somebody that they trade at the deadline, and they could get a decent pick, I think, in return for him, at the very least.
0: Third round, maybe? Yeah, fourth, third that's or a decent yeah. pick
1: yeah. to me. Depends
0: you know. who's picking. But, yeah.
1: And then, you know, you mentioned the younger players losing time with him back in the lineup. They made a very interesting decision. Um, obviously, they could potentially do something today, I guess, with the roster. But they officially called up Isaac Radcliffe back from the Phantoms, but left Morgan Frost and Cam York. What was your take on that?
0: My take is Isaac Radcliffe is up with the team because he's big. And they have a big edict now. And I'm not taking away anything from Isaac, because we talked about how well he's looked with the Phantoms. And but if he were a smaller player, I'm not sure he'd be up right now. That's just my take. And that's just based on what the coach has been saying and what the GM has been saying. So now with the other two, I look, I'm always for more development. That's fine. And you're gonna put these guys in all the right situations. That's fine. Maybe in a few weeks after the deadline. They both come up. That's fine, too. But the, the one thing that worried me is, um, and Mike Yo had given a quote about, you know, maybe Cam York plays 30 minutes a game. I don't want him playing 30 minutes a game anywhere. No. I think it's just too much.
1: Yeah, and I think they should be able to pick and choose what moments he plays in, right? And yes. Utilize his skills, but then put him in situations where it maybe tests him a little bit. Uh, so that he learns and he gets better at the things that he's weaker on, but it doesn't make the team vulnerable in the meantime. And so that, I think, to me is, you know, you want him in there for, I don't know, 16 minutes a game?
0: No, you can go, well, at the NHL level, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, if, you know, but if it's going to be the AHL, I mean, I'm okay with stopping at around 22, 23.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, that's that's where I want. But if I'm going to guess what all of this means it means that they are just showcasing everybody. Keith Yandel included.
1: You know, you could be... That streak is going to
0: stop. That's my prediction. (laughs) That streak is going to stop with the Flyers someday. I don't know if it'll continue on with another team, but it will stop with the Flyers at some point.
1: I want to talk a little bit more about Morgan Frost because we did a whole episode on him yesterday, kind of digging into his past play and his development to see what that can mean for his future. And... You know, to me, I thought for sure he would get the immediate callback up of any of those three, that he would be the one and he is not the one. And because he's not
0: on the fourth line, he's not big.
1: That is an approach. I don't know if it's the right approach to help (laughs) Morgan Frost. Right. Right. Based on what we said yesterday, that's not gonna help Morgan Frost. I think if they're having him down with Lehigh, it has to be for a very specific reason, and I haven't heard Mm -hmm. that.
0: Right. Like if he's going to be down with Lehigh, I have to make sure I have him paired with the right players so that he's going to give me the success I am hoping for. I'm assuming he's going to play top line center, which is fine because, you know, you do want to eventually make him a center. Again, I was not against playing him at the wing for now. So you could start his offense at the NHL level. He did well at, at Lehigh recently. So my big thing with this is who are they putting him with? that they feel is close to him or at least going to help get his game going. Is this like Cal O'Reilly? Is this like, you know, just that's where I'm at a loss.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a little perplexing, but we'll see if they do anything today to change that. I don't think they will based on what they said yesterday or if they do something for the games coming up next week that could be a possibility as well. So anything beyond that, I would start to get a little worried. Same. All right, so we're going to preview our game tonight against the Red Wings with Kevin Allen coming up next. But right now is the time of year where you might have given up on a New Year's resolution. But if yours is to get fit and stay healthy, you can stick to that resolution with Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, and they also have Puffs. Puffs are Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. They're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. They've got a cinnamony churro flavored puff, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. These are going to be your new favorites. All built bars, including the puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. And if you go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart, you're gonna be blown away. They're high protein, low calorie, high fiber, and low carb. Most built bars contain about 130 calories. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories. And they have so many flavors to choose from, like mint, brownie, coconut, and coconut almond. New for this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They've got new flavors coming out all the time. I don't know how they make these so delicious, but they pull it off every time. So go to Bilt.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked On NHL. It's a bonus podcast covering all the hockey action in Beijing. I am one of the co-hosts. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed, which is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So it's been quite a while since the Flyers and Red Wings have seen each other in action. So we thought we'd bring in some reinforcements to get some dirt on how the Red Wings are doing. And we are so pleased to welcome to the show Kevin Allen from Detroit Hockey Now. Hi there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Like I said, it has been quite a while since these two teams have gone up against each other right now, the Red Wings are in fifth in the division. How have their results this season compared to expectations, given they're kind of in a rebuild phase? Well,
2: I, I, th- I think they're a little bit better than people thought they were going to be, but probably not good enough to challenge for the playoffs. I know there's sort of a narrative that's sort of floating around with the idea of, from the fan base in Detroit, boy, if they could turn it around and get it together because they've been, um, really struggling with consistency this season, you know, perhaps they could challenge for a playoff spot, but I think that's pretty unrealistic. The team in front of them is the Boston Bruins and, you know, they're not going anywhere. We know, uh, that uh, with uh, Marchant and Bergeron and uh, that crew, that uh, it's going to be difficult for them to make up ground. And they have games in hand uh, in addition to having a nine-point lead. So uh, I-, I think we're, it's going to be more of the same this season uh, for the Red Wings. You're going to rely on Steve Eisenman to hit his fourth consecutive draft home run. Um, but, you know, they are an improved team. Uh, you can't take them lightly. Uh, Dylan Larkin's having the best season of his, of his NHL career. Tyler Batuzzi is as well. Uh, they've got some uh, young players, Moritz Sider already as a rookie, their best defenseman. Uh, so there's, a, you know, you can't uh, uh, expect to get an easy W, but uh, more often than not, you are going to beat the Red Wings.
0: So, Kev, let's talk about um, Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond. I mean, we've talked about it on the Hockey Buzzcast, but for for this audience, I, I think Sider's ahead of everybody, I think by a lot because of the role he plays with Detroit. Give us an idea of what he's doing for that team.
2: Well, I think you're right on, Russ. Uh, you know, when I look at the, the rookie class, and it's a really good one in my opinion, there are, you know, six or seven players that I think can you can make a case for, for, uh, you know, being in the mix for rookie of the year. But Mort Sider just does too many things, uh, and he helps in too many different ways. He's a big, strong, physical defenseman who's also very offensive. And what's amazing to me about his offense, and I actually asked Jeff Blaschel, Uh, the coach of the has a question about this, and he sort of agreed with my assessment is is that Moritz Seider, you know, has racked up the points without really taking any offensive chances. Like, he's capable of that. You know, he doesn't carry the puck deep into the zone. You know, he stops before he slides into the slot area. And yet every game he gets a point or two. He gets them on the power play. He gets his points simply by playing good, solid, Dependable defense and uh, as I mentioned before, he's already their number one defenseman. He's out there in all situations He's starting to exert himself physically. There was a a great moment at least for Red Wing fans. It was a great moment where um, Sidney Crosby gave him a little stick and he gave one right back and uh, uh, And off we went so uh, he's been very very impressive and as hard as it is to believe I think he's exceeded expectations like they expected that he is a generational defenseman but I don't think they, they, they felt he would be this polished this early.
1: Yeah, he's been one of my favorite guys to watch uh, non-Flyers-wise this year. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing you know how he progresses beyond this. Because, man, if he gets even better, who knows, right?
2: Yeah. Well, you see a glimpse of his offensive potential um, when there's overtime. Uh, because three on three, all of a sudden he's a little bit different player, uh, and uh, they put him out there with Dylan Larkin, who's the speed merchant himself, and Lucas Raymond, and those guys. I've yet to see any threesome that can get the puck away from them. If they, if, they, if Dylan Larkin wins the draw, they have the puck the entire time. Yeah, uh, the three of them really are magic together on three on three, and you start to see Cider, um, you know, do a little dipsy doodle and dance moves and. You know He's got it all going on, so you you do see a glimpse of it, but you won't see it probably offensively anyway uh, during the course of the regular game. But if it got to overtime, you, you'd see a little bit different. more inside.
0: The only thing I could come close to that, Kev, I think is the Leafs' three that they put out in overtime.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm just saying that they're, they've been magic this season when they've been together in overtime.
1: So have there been any other say surprises on the team this year in terms of guys that there wasn't much expectation from who've been really producing
2: yeah I mean for sure uh is a guy that comes to mind he's been around a long time um he was drafted originally by Steve Eisenman and when Eisenman brought him over to the Red Wings the fan base's uh reaction was pretty much a yawn um they didn't really get the whole Nemestikoff love affair Um, but this season they're seeing it, uh, you know, he scored a dozen goals. He's the type of player that can play on a checking line. He can kill penalties right now. They've slid him up to play on the top line with Larkin, uh, because they've gotten Bertuzzi moved down to the second line, which has really given that second line, you know, a boost because Bertuzzi is playing every bit as good as as Larkin. And they were, um, you know, a very cohesive unit that the three of them with Lucas Raymond, but. They broke it up because they wanted uh, balance. How many times have we heard a coach talk about that? And Bertuzzi is playing very well, and the second line is now playing very well. And Demeshkov has lit up; hasn't been out of place whatsoever. He's a very skilled player. Um, he's very popular with his teammates. A great uh, uh, teammate guy. He's had, uh, you know, I think he had his seventh uh, career fighting major, standing up for one of his teammates. Uh, this is a guy that I think um they would like to keep around uh, as being part of a guy who can be sort of the extra guy that can be versatile and help you in a lot of different ways
0: yeah it makes sense kev the um the red wings are ranked somewhere around 21st in the pk and the flyers power play is somewhere between bad and awful is this like one of the matchups that you think is a key to this game
2: yeah i mean uh that makes a lot of sense they've actually been a little better on the power play lately um but they're still not good. Uh, you know, they have zone entry problems. Uh, they have possession problems. They have shot decision problems. There's a lot of problems, uh, with, with the power play. Uh, but there is a lot of talent there. And once they figure it out, uh, and I think they will, because uh, these are pretty smart players. Um, you know, I think they're going to be a very consistent power play, but in recent, uh, weeks, uh, they've been getting some power play goals. I think their penalty kill is still messy, but, uh, it probably has been a little bit better, not not a lot
0: better, but a little bit better. Bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and likes than ever before. As football continues its march through the playoffs, right to the big game next week, Bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. Bet online is up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season bet online, where the game starts.
1: Steve Eiserman has publicly given Jeff Blashoe his support, but like, what is your take on how long he'll be around? Like, do you think he'll be with the team next season?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And that is the $64,000 question in Detroit. Um, uh, it, it's it's a difficult uh, question to answer for this reason is that I think Eisenman believes Blaschel is doing a good job. I think he he's you know he's very engaged. He being Eisenman, is very engaged in what goes on on a daily basis. And I tell people when uh, fan base when you're criticizing Blaschel's moves, you're really criticizing Eisenman, which they won't do whatsoever because the, the, you know he walks on water, in right? The and he's you know he's earned it. I, I mean his first. Uh, uh, draft picks uh, as general manager of the Ravens have been, he's headed out of the park. Um, so he likes Blashell. He thinks he's doing a good job. However, um, you know, Paul Martin Reese didn't make it any easier when he admitted publicly that uh, his team needed a new voice, because that's something that's often said, but coaches, you don't usually buy into that. And Paul Maurice said, yeah, that's legitimate. So, you know, wh- where is Eisenman in that regard? I, I don't have an answer to that. He places cards close to the vest. Um, I think he likes Blaschel. He wants him part of the organization. But will he think that maybe it's time for this group to get a new voice, a different uh, sort of look at this uh, same team um, as it's rebuilding? I I, I don't know. Um, I thought it was telling that he only gave him a contract extension through this season. So I think Blaschel is feeling Like, you know, he's got to do enough to convince Steve that he deserves the job. And in terms of longevity, he's now second among NHL coaches. He's been here a while. And, you know, throughout his uh, tenure, the Remies have not made the playoffs.
0: I mean, the one thing I could say about Blashill Kev, is I, away from, like, the cameras, he's a pretty down-to-earth, cerebral guy. You could have just a, a good conversation with him. I mean, he's a pretty good face for the team right now.
2: Oh, for sure. For sure. He is. But uh, the fan base has turned on him. Um, Okay. You know, certainly, uh, you know, they just, you know, they want to blame things that uh, are really not in his control. You know, Zadina hasn't developed. um, And, uh, you know, they say he can't develop players, but, you know, meanwhile, you know, Dylan Larkin is having the best season of his career. More Snyder has been unbelievable uh and uh, lucas raymond uh, you know he had the courage to put him right on the first line because lucas raymond deserved that um nadalkovich the goalie has uh, played well for him you know he, younger players are doing well and i think joe valeno is another interesting case um mm-hmm. he hasn't scored uh for the red wings and that's the big question they know he's a solid hockey player and they know he's going to play in the nhl but will he score and that was the same when they drafted him, and it's the same now, even though he's a it was. Yeah, 21, 22-year-old uh, uh, player. So, I asked
0: him that on draft day, like after he was drafted. He, I, was, I was still asking him that question. Yeah, well, they're still asking it. You know, we're, we're four years later.
2: But, you know, something interesting happened. Uh, during the All-Star break, they sent him down to Grand Rapids, a team that is just struggling this year. Uh, and in two games, he got that team going. He helped them in their winless streak at seven games. He had two goals and two assists in two games. Uh, and he was a very confident player. And I think the Red Wings have watched the Griffins very closely. I think that they'll take notice of that. And I wouldn't be shocked in the second half if they just insert him maybe on the third line and give him a couple of uh, scoring wingers and see what he can do. I, I think he can score a little bit. I'm not sure he's ever going to be a... 20 or 25 goal score, But I think he's one of those guys that might get 18 uh, okay. or 20 goals if, uh, you know, on his best season. So it'll be interesting to see.
0: Five on five. What's the biggest weakness of the Red Wings?
2: Um, lack of experience. Uh, you know, they make too many mistakes that you wouldn't normally uh, make if you uh, had been at this a while, but they're a rebuilding team. And of course the hallmark of a rebuilding team is inconsistency. And uh, that's what they're, uh, Played by, And they're a little bit overmatched, uh, you know, five on five when you're up against an experienced team.
1: So given all of that and where the Red Wings are in their process, what do you think their strategy is going to be at the trade deadline? Well, that's another
2: great question. Um, I, I think they'll trade Nick Letty. Uh, at least they're going to attempt to do that. I don't think Nick Letty has helped him this season. Uh, this hasn't been the best of his uh uh, many NHL seasons, uh, he hasn't been horrible. Um, but you know, he hasn't, uh, had an outstanding year. Um, I think he's been sort of normal and, uh, maybe a little bumpy defensively at times. And, uh, uh, because of that, like, I don't think he's anybody's first option out there. Um, I think he's plan B for a lot of teams. Uh, and the reason why he's a good plan B is, is that Eisenman will eat half his salary. So, you know, he's a $6 million uh, cap uh, hit that can be a $3 million cap hit. Uh, and uh, I think uh, for that reason, he 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 might move. I don't think the, the Red Wings, I think we're hoping at the beginning of the year, they might get a first round out of him. I don't think so. I think it'll probably be a second round, but but we'll see, uh, you know, how desperate teams are, where other players end up and and so forth. I think Nemestikov has a chance to move. Everybody's taking note about – how helpful he could be in terms of providing secondary scoring. If you're an exceptional team, to add a guy like Demestakov, who, as I mentioned before, can check, kill penalties, score goals, can skate, you know, he's, uh, you know, gritty. Uh, like, he might be a guy that they could get a third-round pick for. And then I think the Ravens would try to sign him again in the offseason. I think he's one of uh, uh favorites. But uh, uh, other than that, I don't see him do much. I, the only thing I would say that – Mm Aizemann likes to surprise people. I mean, he doesn't really like to surprise people, but he does. And you don't hear about what he's up to until he does it. There were no rumors about the Anthony Manson trade before there happened. There were no Mm -hmm. rumors about Nadelkovic coming to to Detroit. You know, he plays everything close to the best. He has been looking for a top four defenseman to have for next season when Moritz Seider and Edmondson. Uh, the top young uh, prospect uh, from Sweden who the Red Wings pretty much have penciled in for next season. He wants to get a top four defenseman to play with that group. If he could secure that, taking that uh, salary cap hit off someone's roster, I think he would do that now. And it wouldn't shock me if he if he does that. Um, he's a guy that I think, uh, you know, we'll be looking at the trade deadline a little bit different. If he can add a player you know, who has term on his contract moving forward, and uh, he's a pretty consistent player. I think he would jump at that.
0: Kev, my last question for you is: um, what's what's the update on Jakob Verana? Because you know, I like that trade, but I just I felt bad. You know, this injury has been bad.
2: Yeah, well, I don't think they were all that happy with Verana because they. I think the Wings felt he should have had the surgery last year. Um, this was an injury okay. that happened at the end of the year. Verana wanted to rehab uh he rehabbed during the summer thought he had it licked in the first 10 minutes of training camp he was out for uh, you know four months um but the surgery has gone well he's back on the ice he's skating uh i would assume by the end of this month um you will see him
1: all right well that was a lot of good information about the red wings uh kevin is there anything we haven't talked about that you think flyers fans should know going into the game
2: um, You know, as I mentioned, you know, they've got two good lines going. They don't get much out of their bottom two lines. Um, You know, mostly they uh, just fill minutes and play a, a defensive role. Um, But their younger players are very good. And, you know, to stop the Red Wings, uh, you've got to contend with their younger players. They're factors. Um, you know, Lucas Raymond is a terrific player, a very, very highly skilled player with a very quick shot release. Mort Sider, you know, you'll notice him all night long. He'll be the guy, if there's a two-on-one break, he's always the one, uh, you know, he's on the power play. You know, he's uh, he's king. He's a, a very young king on this Detroit team.
1: All right, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people find you out there?
2: Uh, you can read me at Detroit Hockey Now, I as I covered the Red Wings as a beat writer, but I also write national columns for HockeyBuzz.com as well.
1: Awesome, thank you so much.
2: My pleasure. <laughs>
1: All right. Thanks once again to Kevin Allen for joining us to get us ready for tonight's game against the Red Wings. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing with the return to practice. A friend of the show Jordan Hall got video of the team uh, chanting MVP to Claude Giroux at practice, kind of guilting him, to be honest, to lead stretches at practice. But it was a nice nice tribute to Drew.
0: It was, and and Jordan's good at, uh, at getting these videos. But all I can say to the fans is soak up all these moments just in case. Just soak oh, them all up.
1: It hurts. You have to. I you know. have to. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow to recap tonight's game against Detroit, and we'll have our prospect profile on Adam Ginning. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at lockdownflyers@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
0: I'm Russ, I'm at sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
1: You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen locked on bets. It's your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.